I am Dr. D. Todd Harrison. I will be your instructor today uh, for our Book of Mormon class. I want to thank you for joining us once again. I trust that this will be a meaningful, uh, great experience uh, for you as we feast upon the words of Jesus Christ. I testify that Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Redeemer, and I trust that Heavenly Father will bless you in your efforts as you come to the knowledge of and come to His Son through the words of uh, uh, the Book of Mormon this year. And today is uh, the, the lesson will be focusing on 1st Nephi uh, chapters 8 through 10. Uh, this includes the discussion of the Tree of Life. I, I guess that's one of everybody's favorite uh, chapters, this uh, vision and dream that uh, Father Lehi had in the Book of Mormon. And so we'll begin with that. And uh, in chapter 8, and uh, he, Lehi talks to his children. Uh, he tells them about this vision and revelation that he's had from the Lord. And uh, he says that he's, uh, verse 3 through 4. And behold, this is First Nephi chapter 8, verse 3 through 4. And behold, because of the thing which I have seen, I have reason to rejoice in the Lord because of Nephi and also of Sam. For I have reason to suppose that they and also many of their seed shall be saved. But behold, Laman and Lemuel, I fear exceedingly because of you. For behold, methought I saw in my dream a dark and dreary wilderness. So here we learn that uh, Father Lehi is very uh, hopeful of, his, uh, of Sam and Nephi. And he's worried about Laman and Lemuel because of the things he saw in his dream. So far we've seen their, their characters differ from one another, where uh, Sam and Nephi, uh, the younger brothers, uh, tend to be more obedient in following the will of the Lord. Uh, they, they have more faith in the Lord. Uh, they try, they're trying their best to, uh, to follow the Lord's will for their lives. While Laman and Lemuel keep complaining and, you know, and, and uh, you know, they're more rebellious. And so, of course, Father Lehi knows this of their children. And, and uh, so this dream uh, awakens in him hope and, uh, and happiness for Nephi and Sam, uh, but weary, uh, worry for Laman and Lemuel. And uh, verse 5, And it came to pass that I saw a man, and he was dressed in a white robe, and he came and stood before me. And it came to pass that he spake unto me and bade me follow him. This is right back within the prophetic visionary experience, especially in the uh, pseudepigraphal writings that came forth after the Book of Mormon was written. And there's no way Joseph Smith had knowledge of these uh, writings at that time, since most were found in the late 1800s. There's always the guide, the heavenly guide, that will lead the prophet uh, through their vision of the heavens, uh, through their vision of, of the worlds, and, um, and uh, these sort of things. There's always this guide. And so here in, uh, in chapter 8, we get this guide in the white robe, and he takes uh, Father Lehi. And verse 7, And it came to pass that as I followed him, I beheld myself, that I was in a dark and dreary waste. And after I had traveled for the space of many hours in darkness, I began to pray unto the Lord, that he would have mercy on me according to the multitude of his tender mercies. And how important that is in life as we go through dark and dreary uh, afflictions and times in our life 
It's important that we remember that no matter how bad it gets, that Heavenly Father is there for us. And it's just a matter of reaching out to our Heavenly Father in prayer to help us through those trials and afflictions, through those dark and dreary moments of our life. And He will bless us as we reach out to Him through prayer. And verse 9, And it came to pass, after I had prayed unto the Lord, I beheld a large and spacious field. And it came to pass that I beheld a tree, whose fruit was desirable to make one happy. And it came to pass that I did go forth and partake of the fruit thereof. And I beheld that it was most sweet, above all that I had ever before tasted. Yea, and I beheld that the fruit thereof was white, to, ex uh, to exceed all the whiteness I had ever seen before. And as I partook of the fruit thereof, it filled my soul with exceedingly great joy. Wherefore, I began to be desirous that my family should also partake of it. For I knew that it was desirable above all other fruit. Remember in the book of Revelation, in chapter 2, verse 7, we're told that those who overcome this world through their faithfulness in keeping the commandments of Jesus Christ will also be allowed to partake of the fruit of this tree of life. And we're seeing here further information about it that it's desired to make one happy. And once one has great joy as they partake, and this of course will also be symbolic of accepting the gospel into your lives and how happiness, how, how much happiness and joy you feel for accepting the gospel into your life. And as you accept the Lord, and accept his gospel, and accept his church, then it, oftentimes we see this where people then want to also bring their family into this. They want their family also to partake of the same happiness that they're experiencing. And so in the next verse here, and also keep in mind about the tree of life. Uh, the tree of life, this was a concept totally foreign to those in the 1800s when in Joseph Smith's day. No one heard of the tree of life since then. We found the uh, oldest synagogue in the world at Dura Europus that has the mosaic uh, paintings of the Tree of Life. And we've found all kinds of other evidence in the ancient Middle East now about how important the Tree of Life was in their culture. And so once again, this is uh, you know, proof and, uh, of the divine authenticity of the Book of Mormon and that this indeed was an ancient record of ancient uh, Jewish people who came to America. And in verse uh, 13, And as I cast my eyes round about, that perhaps I might discover my family also, I beheld a river of water, and it ran along, and it was near the tree of which I was partaking the fruit. Now look at this uh, also here, proof of this uh, Book of Mormon being an ancient uh, Near Eastern, Middle Eastern uh, text. Uh, you know, in, in English, we would never say these kinds of things, river of water. But that's perfect Hebrew. That's uh, the knowledge here of the Hebrew coming through, that, that this was being translated from a Hebrew text. And also, look at the topography of the Middle East here. Nobody here in the 1830s would, would understand about the topography of the Middle East and how, in this case, we have this river of water. Well, what else would it be a river of? Well, we know that the Middle East is a very dry climate. And so there's lots of rivers who, during most of the year, don't have water. They're rivers of 
sand or rivers of dirt you know they're not rivers of water and so here again is is, is you know evidence of the divine authenticity to book of mormon as well as that this is indeed an ancient middle eastern text written by those who came from the middle east who had knowledge of their uh, environmental uh, surroundings and so then in uh, verse 14 and i looked to behold from whence it came and i saw the head thereof a little way off and at the head thereof i beheld your mother sariah and sam and nephi and they stood as if they knew not whether they should go we know that their their characters uh, there uh, was that they wanted to obey the lord but you often need to know what the will of the Lord is. And so that's the importance of, of the scriptures and understanding the scriptures and being and reading and feasting upon the scriptures. And furthermore, seeking the right leaders, uh, the leaders of the church, as well as your uh, father or your uh, grandfather, these authority figures in your life. And so here they uh, knew not whether they should go until Father Lehi, a prophet of the Lord, will come tell them how to come also to partake of the fruit of this tree and then he uh, sees Laman and Lemuel standing uh, off but uh, they did not want they did not want to come to the partake of this uh, tree and now we get this rod of iron and in 19 and I beheld a rod of iron again in English is what iron rod rod of iron is Hebrew you know, this is clearly being translated from a Hebrew text. And it extended along the bank of the river and led to the tree by which I stood. And I also beheld a straight and narrow path which came along by the rod of iron, even to the tree by which I stood. And it also led by the head of the fountain into a large and spacious field, as if it had been a world. And I saw numberless concourses of people, many of whom were pressing forward that they might obtain the path which led unto the tree by which I stood. And it came to pass that they did come forth and commence in the path which led to the tree. Oftentimes we find so many people that are willing to at least try it for a while. They're willing to come to church maybe once or maybe read the scriptures once in their life or maybe try to pray once in their life. We have a lot of people that would be willing to try it. But then what happens in verse 23? And it came to pass that there arose a mist of darkness, temptations, and the trials of life. Yea, even an exceedingly great mist of darkness, insomuch that they who had commenced in the path did lose their way, that they wandered off and were lost. So they started to keep the commandments. They started to do the things that they should do in their lives. But when the t temptations and the trials of life came, they wandered off and got lost on the, off the path. And then in verse 24, And it came to pass that I beheld others pressing forward, and they came forth and caught hold of the end of the rod of iron, and they did press forward through the midst of darkness, clinging to the rod of iron, even until they did come forth and partake of the fruit of the tree. They, had, they were ones that were determined. They were going to make it to the tree. And after they had partaken of the fruit of the tree, they did cast their eyes about as if they were ashamed. After going through and struggling and really trying to hold on to this iron, uh, this rod of iron, the iron rod, they really tried to make it. Uh, then 
when uh, when they reached it, they couldn't handle the uh, uh, scorn, the ridicule by their members of their family and by their friends, who will often uh, try to pull you down and will often try to get you off the path and want you to be miserable like they themselves are. For truly, no one can be uh, happy if they're not keeping the commandments of the Lord. The Lord's very commandments are designed to make one happy. By keeping the commandments, you feel a spirit uh, within, within you, a, a spirit of holiness, a spirit of joy, of great peace that you don't find if you're not keeping the commandments. There you feel sad and you, and you feel this uh, uh, empty void in your life. And so now Lehi sees this building. And I also cast my eyes round about and beheld on the other side of the river of water a great and spacious building. And it stood as it were in the air high above the earth. And it was filled with people, both old and young, both male and female. And their manner of dress was exceedingly fine. And they were in the attitude of mocking and pointing their fingers towards those who had come at and were partaking of the fruit. See, they themselves are miserable in their life and they don't want to see other people be happy by joining the church and by keeping the commandments. And therefore, they're going to try to mock you to pull you down to be miserable like unto themselves. And is that not with the attitude of their father, Satan? Yea, even Satan of old, the, the uh, serpent, wanted to make man and woman miserable like unto himself. And after... They had tasted of the fruit. They were ashamed because of those that were scoffing at them. And they fell away into forbidden paths and were lost. After they had joined the church, after they had tried their best, maybe even some of them had gone on missions, but came home and, and let, the, uh, let others, the mockers, uh, pull them down to inactivity. To inactivity not only in church, but inactivity in their lives of not praying anymore, not reading the scriptures anymore, uh, not following the commandments. And so then in verse 30, But to be short in writing, behold, he, Father Lehi, saw other multitudes pressing forward. And they came and caught hold of the end of the rod of iron, and they did press their way forward, continually holding fast to the rod of iron, until they came forth and fell down and partook of the fruit of the tree. And he also saw other multitudes feeling their way towards that great and spacious building. So while there were some that were going to stay this time and fall down and, you know, and stay there in the large and spacious field which represents the kingdom of heaven from the book of Revelation that the tree of life is in the paradise of God. There were others trying to make move towards that great and spacious building to become part of the world, thinking they'll find happiness there. But no, you don't find happiness in the great and spacious building of the world where people are just mocking because they're miserable unto themselves. And it came to pass that many were drowned in the depths of the fountain, and many were lost from his view, wandering in strange roads. And great was the multitude that did, in, did enter into that strange building. And after they did enter into that building, they did point the finger of scorn at me and those that were partaking in the fruit also, but we heeded them not. How's the best way to handle the mockers in your life? 
Don't pay any attention to them. Avoid them. Be with those of like kind. Those who want to obey God. Those who want to keep God's commandments. Those who want to be happy and joyful in their lives. That want to receive their exaltation and salvation in the world to come. Those are the kinds of friends you need. Those are the kinds of people you should spend your time with. These are the words of my father in verse 34. For as many as heeded them had fallen away. And Laman and Lemuel partook not of the fruit, said my father. And it came to pass after my father had spoken all the words of his dream or vision, which were many. He said unto us, because of these things which he saw in a vision, he exceedingly feared for Laman and Lemuel. Yea, he feared, lest they should be cast off from the presence of the Lord. And he did exhort them, then, with all the feeling of a tender parent, that they would hearken to his words, that perhaps the Lord would be merciful to them, and not cast them off. Yea, my father did preach unto them. And after he had preached unto them, and also prophesied unto them of many things, he bade them to keep the commandments of the Lord, and he did cease speaking unto them. And that ends ver uh, chapter 8. No comment necessary there. Chapter 9. And now Nephi talk talks here about the two sets of plates that he's keeping. He's keeping the large plates, which will keep uh, the record of the history of the people as, war, as, as well as their wars and the reigns of the kings. And poor Nephi, can you imagine that? He's being told that his future descendants are going to have wars with the, with the, the descendants of his brethren and the many would be killed off. I mean, that's got to be a, a, you know, a somber moment to, to, to know that. And, you know, as you're trying to teach your kids to obey the Lord so that going forward they will not have trial. You know, they'll have trials to try their faith and to perfect them. But that they will hopefully avoid warfare and fighting with others and those kinds of things. And verse 3 of chapter 9. Nevertheless, I received the commandment of the Lord that I should make these plates. These are the small plates on which he's writing currently. Uh, the small place will contain a ministry, the, the ministry of the people, for the special purpose that there should be an account engraven of the ministry of my people. Upon the other plate should be engraven an account of the reign of the kings, and the wars and contentions of my people. Wherefore, these plates are for the more, more part of the ministry, and the other plates are for the more part of the reign of the kings, and the wars and contentions of my people. Wherefore the Lord hath commanded me to make these plates, for a wise purpose in him, which purpose I know not. Oftentimes our Heavenly Father will direct us into paths and inspire us to take directions in our lives, which we don't know at the time what the purpose is. But we need to just trust our Heavenly Father that he has a wise purpose, and that if we will just go forward trusting in him, and obeying his will for our lives, we will be greatly blessed and will come to the knowledge at the appropriate time in our lives why it was that we went through that trial, why was it that we suffered uh, such an experience, and we'll have that great joy and happiness knowing that we were greatly blessed during the process. In verse 6, But the Lord knoweth all things from the beginning, 
Wherefore he prepareth a way to accomplish all his works among the children of man. For behold, he hath all power unto the fulfilling of his words, and thus it is, Amen. Remember in the New Testament that the Lord is known as the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. And God, knowing all things, knows the beginning uh, from the end. That's how in the book of Revelation, for example, we can have such detailed knowledge of what will happen in the last days. He has seen the future. He knows what events will take place precisely how they will take place. He knoweth all things from the beginning. In uh, chapter 10, uh, let's look now at verses, uh, 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 verses 4 through 6. And we get some nice, pure uh, uh, words of Christ and nice prophecies here about the Messiah of the world. In chapter 10, verse 4, Yea, even 600 years from the time that my father left Jerusalem, a prophet would the Lord God raise up among the Jews, even a Messiah, or in other words, a Savior of the world. And he also spake concerning the prophets, how a great number had testified of these things concerning this Messiah, and whom it had been spoken, or the Redeemer of the world. Wherefore all mankind were in a lost and in a fallen state, and ever would be, save they should rely on this Redeemer. The penalty of sin is death. We're told that throughout the entire Old Testament and the records of Moses. God knew that mankind would sin and fall short of the glory of God, as Paul taught in the New Testament. And therefore, from the beginning of this world, our Heavenly Father set in motion a plan whereby even though we, his children, would sin and fall short of the glory of God, that he would provide a Redeemer, a Savior, to save us from our sins. And the Lord Jesus Christ, by coming upon the earth, and by living a sinless life, the Lamb without blemish, was capable, uh, through that process, of dying for our sins upon the cross of Calvary, and suffering through what he experienced in the Garden of Gethsemane. And as a result, now forgiveness is available to all of us. All we have to do is repent of our sins, come unto our Heavenly Father, and we will not only be blessed with happiness and joy in this life, but we will receive life eternal in the world to come. And then we're going to move here on to the next one, which would be verses 7 through 10. And he spake also concerning the prophet who should come before the Messiah to prepare the way of the Lord. Yea, even he should go forth and cry in the wilderness. And this is coming out of Isaiah 43 and talking about how John would be, John the Baptist is going to be the fulfillment of Isaiah 40 and uh, verse 3. Prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. For there standeth one among you, whom ye know not. And he is mightier than I, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. And much spake my father concerning this thing, about John the Baptist, and how John the Baptist, as Christ called him, the greatest prophet that had ever been born of woman. He came forward to prepare the way for Jesus to come. 
And he testified that as great as he was, as the greatest prophet who ever lived, that Jesus would even be greater than he. And I testify that Jesus was greater than John the Baptist because Jesus was the very Son of God and he died for our sins. And in verse 10, uh, let's see, verse. we're going to look at verse 9 here. And my father said he should baptize in Bethabara, beyond Jordan. And he, should, he also said he should baptize with water, even that he should baptize the Messiah with water. Why was Christ baptized when he had no need to receive a forgiveness of his sins as he was sinless? He came forth to also show us the example and the right way to the Father. And the right way to the Father is through baptism, repentance of our sins, and then be baptized in the water for the forgiveness of our sins. And so therefore, Christ, even though he did not need to be baptized, came forward to show us that we should be baptized in our lives and hearken unto the commandments of the Lord. And we know from the experience there in, in uh, Matthew 3 that when Jesus was baptized, what did John bear record? John bore record that the Heavenly Father was so proud of his son that he sent forth the Spirit of the Lord in the form of, uh, like a dove. And they heard a voice from heaven, This is my beloved Son, and whom am I well pleased. And what a great moment that would be as a proud Heavenly Father testified of his son, of, of his divine sonship. And in verse uh, 10 here, And after he had baptized the Messiah with water, he should behold and bear record that he had baptized the Lamb of God, who should take away the sins of the world. And in verse 11, And it came to pass, after my father had spoken these words, he spake unto my brethren concerning the gospel, which should be preached among the Jews, and also concerning the dwindling of the Jews in unbelief. And after they had slain the Messiah who should come, and after he had been slain, he should rise from the dead, and should make himself manifest by the Holy Ghost unto the Gentiles. So here Father Lehi is testifying of what he also knows about Jesus, that after the Messiah should come, they will kill him. They will say that he hath a devil. The devil himself says he hath a devil to Christ. And gets the people to rise up and to kill him. And once he'd been killed, Christ, uh, Heavenly Father vindicated his son Jesus Christ, as Paul teaches, by raising Jesus from the dead as proof. And that he would then manifest himself by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we know that that happened in the New Testament. When Jesus rose from the dead, what did he do? He appeared to Mary Magdalene. He told Mary Magdalene, Hold me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father in heaven. But go tell my brethren, go tell Peter and my apostles that I have risen from the dead and that I'm going to go and meet them in the, in the Galilee. And she testified of that to the brethren. And then Jesus appeared to the twelve apostles in the, uh, uh, you know, uh, when they were um, meeting together. And he appeared uh, in the room. And he said, Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see that I have. And they had an opportunity to feel his body, to know 
that he had risen from the dead and that he was their Lord and Messiah, that he'd fulfilled all the prophecies of the entire Old Testament that all pointed towards Jesus Christ. And now we move to verse 14. And after the house of Israel shall be scattered, they should be gathered together again. Or in fine, after the Gentiles had received the fullness of the gospel, the natural branches of the olive tree, or the remnants of the house of Israel, should be grafted in, or come to the knowledge of the true Messiah, their Lord and their Redeemer. And we saw this uh, with the fulfillment as the gospel went forward to the Gentiles, as the gospel was restored in Gentile lands in America in 1830. Then, since then, the house of Israel has been being grafted in as we take the gospel throughout the world through the great missionary force that we have in Thailand and thousands of missionaries each year coming and going. And that the people are starting to come to the knowledge of their Lord and their Redeemer, even Jesus Christ. In verse 17, And it came to pass, after I, Nephi, having heard all the words of my father, concerning the things which he saw in a vision, and also the things which he spake by the power of the Holy Ghost, which power he received by faith on the Son of God. And the Son of God was the Messiah who should come. I, Nephi, was desirous also that I might see and hear and know of these things by the power of the Holy Ghost, which is the gift of God unto all those who diligently seek him, as well in times of old as in the time that he should manifest himself unto the children of men. And so that's a beautiful verse here in the, the verse 17. And this is, a, what did Nephi do here? After he heard these teachings of his father Lehi about the Messiah who would come 600 years from then, that the Messiah would be slain, that he would rise from the dead, and that salvation would be through him, Nephi also desired to gain a testimony of these things. It's not just enough to hear the word of the Lord. We need to act upon it. We need to go to our Father in Heaven and pray about it and ask our Father in Heaven if these things that we have heard and are learning are true. And if we will ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, we know that our Heavenly Father will reveal the truthfulness through the power of the Holy Ghost. And so Nephi here is desiring to want to know and gain a testimony of these things. And in verse 18, For he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the way is prepared for all men from the foundation of the world, if it so be that they repent and come unto him. God does not change. His offer of salvation is to all from the beginning of the world to the end of the world. That if you just repent, and come unto him, you can be saved. For he that diligently seeketh shall find, and the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto them, by the power of the Holy Ghost, as well in these times as in times of old, and as well in times of old as in the times to come. Wherefore the course of the Lord is one eternal round. Our God did not just speak to people in the descendants of Adam, for example, thousands of years before Christ. He also spoke to the prophets throughout all of history. He's always commanded the prophets to teach about his plan of salvation, 
which entailed sending forth his son Jesus Christ to the world to redeem and to save the world. And we can know of these things through gaining testimonies, by the, through the supplication of our Heavenly Father through prayer, and he will reveal it to us. And he says here, uh, Therefore the course of the Lord is one eternal round, and that the mysteries of God will be unfolded unto them. Even the prophet Joseph Smith taught that the Lord has not only revealed all things to Joseph Smith, but that the Lord God would be willing to reveal all revelations, all knowledge, all mysteries of the universe to even the least saint, as long as he was able to bear them. If we study and continue to grow in our knowledge of God and his plan and, our, and the Lord Jesus Christ, he will, then they will continue to reveal to us mystery upon mystery until we can know all things. And then here in the um, in, uh, verse 20, Therefore remember, O man, for all thy doings thou shalt be brought into judgment. Uh, we're told in the book of Revelation that there were books written, the, the, the deeds that they had done in their life, and that they were judged out of these books. Wherefore, if ye have sought to do wickedly in the days of your probation, then ye are found unclean before the judgment seat of God. And no unclean thing can dwell with God. Wherefore, ye must be cast off forever. And the Holy Ghost giveth authority that I should speak these things and deny them not. Now, what is he talking about here about the probation? We know that through revelation, through Latter-day Revelation, it's not in the Bible. But it was revealed through the Book of Mormon as well as the uh, Pearl Great Price and through teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith as well as the modern day prophets. That this life is a probation. That we were, after living with our Heavenly Father before we came to this earth, we were then sent to earth to prove once again, to prove to them that they, whether they would keep the commandments of the Lord and to do the will of our Heavenly Father. And so this is a, a probationary period where we're being tested to see if we will keep the, their commandments. And it closed it with, the, And the Holy Ghost giveth authority that I should speak these things and to deny them not. And I've also have sought this uh, hour to speak by the power of the Holy Ghost so that the words that we've looked at here today through the Book of Mormon and the teachings that we have discussed uh, is the power of God unto salvation these words come from the Lord and I testify uh, the power of the Book of Mormon that will change our lives and change the lives of our family as well as our friends and all of the acquaintances uh, that we have and I testify that the Book of Mormon is true and that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God who was an instrument in God's hands to bring forth this Book of Mormon uh, to us I'm very grateful once again uh, that you've uh, chosen to take uh, the time out of your busy schedules so that we can all study the Book of Mormon together. This has been a great uh, uh, three lessons that we've already had a chance to discuss together. We will continue to do this until we cover the whole Book of Mormon uh, this year as part of the uh, Sunday School curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. May, may you go forward. May Heavenly Father bless you in your lives would be my prayer. And make sure that you share these teachings with your family and with all your friends. Uh, make sure you subscribe to this channel so that uh, 
so that you can more easily find find our videos as we come out with the new videos each week. Uh, may you share this with uh, your your children and, and your friends and family so that we may all together begin to flood the earth with the knowledge of the Book of Mormon, with the power of the Spirit that's behind this great book. Make sure you like the uh, comments there as well. And uh, until next time, uh, this is Dr. D. Todd Harrison.